Just yesterday, dude, like the thing that we came up with yesterday was absolutely incredible because our focus is teaching and helping and supporting. Welcome to the Tales of Sales podcast. I'm your host, Broden Johnson. I've spent close to a decade living and breathing sales, and I've learned that everyone's in sales, whether we know it or not. Once a week, I have the pleasure of speaking with amazing people from all walks of life to hear their tales of sales. So you've had your agency for three years. Yeah, so had the agency for two and a half, three years, I think it was. And we, I, so I started originally just myself. I'll, I'll tell you kind of the backstory of how I started. Yeah, I've, I've told it a million times uh, all over the place. But essentially, I went to university in America and I came back. I, went, I was over there on a soccer scholarship right. and I came back here and uh, you know what, I'll start further back. I, I went to I, I went to school here on the Gold Coast. I went to TSS okay. and I really wasn't good at school. Like I was a good kid and all, but I wasn't a good student. I was a horrible student, in fact. Right. And when I was in school, my grades were awful. All I cared about was soccer. That was my main focus. So after school, I wanted to go and play soccer. And that was really my only path. That was the only thing I really had in mind. I didn't really have anything else to go with. I didn't really care to do anything else. Yeah. So that's all I focused on. And then once I was done with school, um, an opportunity presented itself to go over to the US and study and also play soccer. And my, my dad and mom encouraged me to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Like, that's a perfect opportunity because I could mix study with, you know, actually playing. playing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but my grades were so bad in high school that I didn't even get into uh, like arts at Griffith University or, or, or oh, anything. Wow. Like, yeah, like I didn't even do OP. I mean, I, I, like I was bad. I was yeah. a bad student. Um, so yeah, I got into university over there, and then eventually I fell in love with the stuff that I was studying because I met some like really good teachers. And my degree, funnily enough, and this is something that I don't say publicly enough, and I'm, I'm glad that like we've recorded this because my degree was in entrepreneurship. Yeah, really. And a lot of people will say like, oh, you can't study entrepreneurship. And while I agree to a certain extent, entrepreneurship is like you who goes out there and, and, and does things and makes things happen. Like that's internal entrepreneurship. Yeah. But you can also study entrepreneurship in the terms of the technical aspects of it. You know, how to actually raise funds, how to go and get venture capital, how to pitch, how to present yourself, sales, all of that. You can teach that. Yeah, so I learned that. But also the best thing about it was I learned from a professor who went out and sold a business for $40 million. Nice. So he got bored of teaching and came back and started teaching. He got bored of, like, he was going to the gym at 10 a.m. and it was just all old people, you know, walking around in the swimming pool, like, naked, uncomfortable. So he was like, no, nah, I can't be doing that. So he came back and started teaching. And then I fell in love with it. And we, we, you know, we worked together extensively on different projects. And then eventually, because I missed my first year of uh, soccer, I wasn't eligible because my grades were so bad. Yeah. Um, I had an extra year of scholarship, so I got an MBA. Um, and I came back like from nothing, like horrible students to getting an MBA, but I came back to Australia and I was like looking for jobs. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work in digital marketing and it never really, I, I, and I'm, you know, you know me, like I, I call people, I, I get on LinkedIn, I add their mom, I add their sister, I'll do whatever I can to get the job. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't get anything at all. And, and I had an MBA, I had all this experience and I couldn't get anything. So Mom and dad were like, hey, Jason, like, why don't you just, you know, start your um, own business? And I was like, okay, cool. That's what you studied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, all right, I did that. Um, and on the way down, I was helping Chris move into um, Sydney at the time and, and for real estate. And uh, on the way back from helping him move in, uh, my dad said, all right, let's just find a name. So I called it JCF, which is my initials, yeah. um, JCF Media, and then started that up. I got back to uh, Queensland and told my mom that's what I wanted to do. And she goes, all right, cool. I'll get, I'll get help you. And so within two days, I got a client. And I only had $25 in my bank account. That's literally all I had. Because over there, you couldn't earn any money. Yeah. Uh, so I had 25 bucks and I spent that 25 bucks on getting my, my hosting and website stuff for the client. And then that's kind of how the agency started. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, then fast forward, like, what was it? Probably a year, was yeah. it, Chris? Yeah. yeah. So about a year later, I, I was doing the agency. I was doing okay. I was also working a little bit for my dad as well, doing the agency. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was like, all right, let, let me speak to Chris about this. We spoke every single day. Like, it was crazy, right, how much we spoke. Yeah, every and because, single day. And because I was in the US for five years, during the time where he 
um, transitions from being like, how old you were you when I left? Um, I think I was about 16 when you actually left. And then, yeah, so I was still a little kid in high school. Hadn't even started drinking or yeah, doing anything <laughs> serious yet. I was like caring about Nintendo or whatever more yeah, than yeah, anything yeah, else. Yeah. All the important stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly right. right. So, exactly right. So when like that's a like an important stage and it, we are both evolving because, you know, from I think from 18 to 22 or 18 to 23, like it's where you meet friends who you act because you're actually yourself. Like yeah, when you're in exactly high school, right. you're who everyone else wants you to be. I was a soccer kid. That's all I was. But yeah. I, that, I'm so much more than that. Um, so Chris was going through that stage and I wasn't there for him because I was in the US and we barely spoke. We, we spoke rarely. Um, and then when I came back to Australia, we spoke every single day. Like he would be calling me on the way to work. I'd be calling him on the way home from work like every single day about the things that I was doing in my business. Mm-hmm. And eventually I signed his boss as a client. Nice. Um, and he And then I was doing a little bit of work. I presented to Chris and then Chris took over the work and I still got paid for the work even though <laughs> yeah, yeah. so Chris pretty much did it did it all like I was doing I was doing a lot of it but Chris was really helping it out um and helping me move forward with it and then I was like Chris like bro just come work for me like let's just work together and then uh you know he said yeah and we moved up and we just <laughs> yeah, and that was the are. last time you had a job <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's that's how it all got started and then and then as we were saying like I, w- I wanted to give the backstory is as we were saying um is that yes the agency was going well and and we still we still have agency clients we still work with a lot of clients that want to grow their business we use sales sales funnels facebook ads all of that we want to work with people to grow their business but ultimately our goal when we started and when we talked to each other every day we said we want to help as many people as possible Mm. and it is difficult to do that when we're offering a done for you service when we're doing the work for them like there's only so many people yes we could grow the agency we could hire more people and things like that but we're at the same time we're also helping businesses who are can already afford what we charge which is you know expensive as an agency you know that's because we're good at what we do so they can already afford what we charge so they're obviously doing well and then we're just making them better and i love that like that's great every time clients come to us with results chris and i are like hell yeah like this is this so, like just about, yesterday yeah. like how how cool how excited was i yesterday when we had some results exactly right like, like it, it'd been a struggle for this particular client and yeah. then now we've sort of broken through um the limiting beliefs and all that that needed to be done yeah now we've got results and it, it's the most exciting part of the business like, and i love it yeah awesome but at the same time it wasn't enough for us yeah it, and it still isn't so Chris and I started a Facebook group and we started mentoring and helping and coaching people for nothing, like at all. My Facebook, like my messenger right now is crazy, full with people that we're just helping and supporting and we're constantly doing that. Um, And then we started putting out content and then, you know, we grew a group from nothing to how many members? Like 1,300 within three months because we're just putting out like great content. And then we're like, this is awesome. How can we serve them more? Mm-hmm. So we put together courses, we put together coaching programs, and, and now that's where we want to be in because I feel so much more connected to that. Yeah. And uh, when I speak to people um, every day, like helping them and supporting them, like just this morning, I got a message from someone that said, Jason, like, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Um, everything that you're doing right now is is helping me and you're kind of changing my life. And like, that's the sort of stuff where you get goosebumps, yeah, not like, that's hey what guys, you really do it for, isn't it? Damn right, and like, and not like, hey guys, I just we just signed a twenty k client. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 cool, but you know, this guy came from nothing, and and we're transforming and changing his life, mm-hmm. and that's why we're doing what we're doing, and that's where we want to be. So, long and story, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's an awesome story, and it, and I think it's it really shows like the level of learning that we go through. So mm. you guys have obviously been obsessed with learning. Yep. digital marketing, entrepreneurship, business, and that sort of thing. And, you're, and you've probably gotten to a point where you can still learn, but for you to get the growth that you want, you now have to start teaching. Well, that, that's how you're learning now. Because you're, exactly you're probably, right. like, in the last oh. few months since you've been coaching, how much have you developed and how much have you oh, yeah. learned from <laughs> teaching others? Just yesterday, dude. Like, the thing that we came up with yesterday was absolutely incredible because our focus is teaching and helping and supporting so every single day chris and i wake up and we always wake up um we used to wake up with the mission what can we do today to add five to ten k to our monthly revenue Mm -hmm. that was our goal every single day right um and then now our goal today and and it's an unsaid kind of goal is what can we do today to help more people and serve more people 
and you actually you actually say that don't you every single day yeah e- every single day it's actually um have this thing in my shower i have like um all these affirmations and stuff i'm a little bit crazy it says <laughs> um how can i use the present moment to serve or grow how can i grow in order to serve more people or how can i go ahead so so i'm thinking that every day that's the question i'm always trying to ask myself rather than sort of how can i make more money it's like how can i serve this person mm. in front of me how can i serve this next person how can i grow from this situation so even if i'm like at dominoes or something and i'm waiting in line i'm getting frustrated it's how can i grow from this and use this moment to serve do i go and message someone or do i use this as a lesson and, and leave something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Perfect. and i think it's important if you you just got to take those lessons because mm-hmm. you're, exactly right. you're always going to get through shit that doesn't quite pan out or what yeah it's, it's, it's about how you go through those lessons and then use them later on down the track and yeah i mean i, I always feel that i should document and just pay attention to everything that's happening good Definitely. bad or or nothing just mm-hmm. have it there because i'll use it one day yeah like we're all we're sure. all young here so yeah, exactly. in 25 years we never know that that experience we had today could mean yep. something then so i yeah. think it's just about being aware of what you're going through yeah for sure but um chris would you mind just sort of giving us a bit of an intro or sort of a bit about you and yeah yeah okay um so unlike jason i actually did pretty well at school um yeah. I was actually a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> there's, there's always one in the family. Um, one but, good one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it just happened to be, um, I just had this amazing memory from when I was a child. Like I can still remember Jason and I actually talking about it on the way here is that my memory is just ridiculous of certain moments. And mm-hmm. I'd sit in a classroom, I wouldn't pay attention and then I'd do well and remember things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me meant that I was going to get like an OP1, which is like the top um, grade in um, high school in the Gold in you Queensland. Went to school in Queensland, didn't you? No, I'm I'm Victorian. I have no oh, idea. What OP oh, okay. Is. Oh, right. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's basically like an OP one means like your system. In it's the world. it means you're you're the bee's knees and you can go into whatever college course or university course you want to. Yeah. So it's like so, I'll just explain it. Sorry, Chris. Perfect. It's like ranked one to twenty five. One is the best. Yeah. Um and and like twenty is it twenty five? Twenty five. Yeah. Like and anything over fifteen is like in high school. Everyone's like, oh, you're a, you're an idiot. Like. In everyone said that you had to get an OP eighteen to be a garbage man, yeah. And like, I got above that. <laughs> like, so there you go. But yeah. yeah. Well, my yeah. schooling's a little bit different because we had, as in Victoria, we had VCE and VCAL. Yeah, so yeah. VCE, right. you do your, you know, you get your score at the end if you go to uni, yep. and the other one's VCAL, where you go three days a week and you do a school based apprenticeship. Yeah. The other yep. two days. Yeah. So yep. that that was what I did. I didn't even have to do exams because you're yeah. eleven or twelve. Uh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. sort of just jumped, finished year twelve, doing three days a week, and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Then I moved up to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So b- basically, uh, my background was I was like pushing to be at the top of that. Yeah. Um, and everyone said I would, and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to go be a lawyer, going to work at Silicon Valley or something like that. And then, um, year twelve, I sort of realized that it doesn't excite me. It's not the impact I want to have. Um, and then so I decided to go and study business. And my dad said from a young age to both Jason and I, it's like always learn sales and learn how to sell something and then sales. find what you're passionate about mm-hmm. and yeah. then learn how to sell that. And then how can you improve that system or how can you improve somewhere? Um, and so I went into what was deemed at the time in my eyes, the biggest real, the biggest sales thing. And that was real estate mm-hmm. um, because that's the highest skill, um, biggest fee in all these fancy suits. Million dollar listings was on at the time. So I spent a um, number of years in real estate just calling people and calling people and calling people and uh, it didn't really happen for me, didn't really take off, but I was working with a great agent in Sydney um, and that just been because I'd like worked so hard and then now I was there, but I still didn't enjoy what I was doing. Yeah. And then I started talking to Jason about what he was doing. It was really interesting. He's in marketing and doing all these cool things and Facebook ads and all these different things. And I'm like, oh, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? Um, and then my boss said, Chris, we need to get more leads and more sales because the market in Sydney is slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I racked my head. I'm like, I can't make any more calls because they're just not working. So me being a slightly lazy person um, to my core, yeah. um, I, <laughs> I went and figured out a way. How can I continue getting these new results and new leads without actually having to call? And then I started talking to Jason. Then we worked out a little strategy and we used Google AdWords and this little shitty little website that collected people's <laughs> details and their address and they got sent a free report and then my boss got their phone number and said, hey, notice you're interested in um, getting your pro- the house appraised if you want a more accurate estimate. Then we'd go over there and then he'd be like, hey, it's a good time to sell, market's slowing down. And then people would sign up and start selling with him and started to really get momentum there and I was like, Jesus, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. This is really cool. I was sitting, <laughs> didn't have to do anything and my whole... I was doing be- getting better results with him running this little website than I was making a hundred calls a day. 
and I was still making those hundred calls a day. So I'm like, fuck this. Why do I stop making these calls and go work for Jace? Um, and then, yeah, so joined the agency and then, yeah, two, two years later, here we are still working on that agency, still sort of growing and getting things happening and getting sales without actually having to cold call as well, which yeah. is the big part of our message when we teach. Um, a lot of people go, oh, I need to go cold call. It's like cold calling is a great way to get business, but if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for everyone. Not everyone can go out and cold call. I, I could probably go out and cold call because I've done that many calls in real estate, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't excite me. It doesn't interest me. I want to wake up every day knowing I'm going to do things that I'm going to love doing rather than think about doing things that I just I dread or I hate. So yeah. I, don't, I don't do cold calling. And yeah, that's my journey. And sorry, no, no, <laughs> went no. off on a r- rant as well, just like yeah. Jace there. So Mate, nothing wrong with a rant. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly right. No, exactly it, right. It, it's cool to hear your journey. And, and I like that you say everyone like, you guys got told at young age everyone's in sales everyone. yeah, and exactly that's right. what you have to do because I mean that's what my philosophy is for, for everything I do is that we're all in sales whether you know it or not mm, definitely and and it's about a lot of people look I guess at sales in a wrong in a in, in different way yep. that it's mm-hmm. frowned upon and but really when you look at it you guys are in digital marketing you're in sales it, it doesn't matter what you do you're in sales every single time in every mm-hmm. single communication that you have with another human being it's all it's it's sales like you guys are, you guys are both married so you negotiate with your wife where we're we going this yeah. weekend that's a sale you're trying to sell what oh, you, you can't actually go. get a negotiate <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> he thinks he what thinks he, yeah, the unmarried guy. yeah. <laughs> unmarried guy. <laughs> he's got no clue no no <laughs> but also with like the the sales side of things is that like i i you said that people frown upon it and mm. while I think that people really do. And that kind of really annoys me because I think that sales, um, especially if you know what you are doing, like when we're selling our digital marketing stuff, like sales for us, we have to sell as hard and as as good as we do because we're doing them a disservice if we're not. Correct, 100%. Yeah, like, and and I think that you you talk about that quite a bit is that, you know, sales is, is the service. Like I, if you do not, start working with me your life is not going to be different your business is not going to be different correct um like that's the way that i chris and i look look at it because we truly believe in what we do that's right um and that's why we sell like that and and i think that you you can agree and then then that's your message as well i've seen you talk about that a little bit as well and you wouldn't be speaking to that person in the first place if you didn't well you shouldn't be anyway because there's some people out there yeah yeah you, you shouldn't be speaking to that person if you don't 100% 100% believe in your own heart that you can help those people and, and if yeah. you know that then it's like it's like why I, like so exactly you're right. going to do anything you possibly can to get them on board because you know yep. that you're going to be able to help them get from A to B or A yeah. to Z a 100%. little bit quicker yeah. and I think that's just about the certainty that you have is that if you've got for that sure, certainty for sure. you're able to go through it and yeah oh 100% that, yeah. That, yeah, that certainty is, is, is really key and and the certainty, like, because we were, we currently, we had a, like, a coaching group that we talked to, and we talked about confidence and something that they struggle with. And I was like, because I am naturally confident. I've always been an athlete. I've always been, you know, um, you know, at TSS, the, the private school that we went to, we're the first 11, we're glorified. And then at university, you're a student athlete where if you don't show up to class, it's okay because you're a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always the way I've been. So my confidence has always been there. So I had to actually think, how do I teach people to be more confident? Yeah. And the confidence really comes from you knowing and believing in your product and knowing what you do is going to be valuable. That's where I believe your confidence can come from. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that some people miss that is that like a lot of the people in like the SMMA world, they call it kind of the agency world, go out there and they're like, oh yeah, I, I'm not getting any clients. And I'm like, because you're not, one, you're not good at your practice. So how are you going to sell that mm-hmm. when you're not good at it? Like you need to be confident. You need to be an expert and believe what you can do is going to help people. And sales is just yeah from there. <laughs> can, can can we try and unwrap the confidence a little bit more? Because I think yep. That's, yep. that that's vitally cool. important. So yep. yes, you got to be. You got to know you're good at your product. I think that's yep. step one. If you if you're uncertain about your product and you're uncertain about everything about it, yep. but maybe talk a little bit about more so you personally. And yep. I mean, are you a, a, a confident person generally or um, i'm actually not so i'm, I'm a little, little bit different to jason a lot of ways like i'm a younger brother so I, i'm not naturally a mm-hmm. confident person um so i have sort of um like i'm a rote learner like i can learn things like i had to learn how to be confident and for me learning in the start was learning scripts and stuff and just learning questions and learning that what their opinion doesn't matter 
It's um, who when people are confident or nervous about talking to someone, it's like whose opinion do they care more about? Do they care about that person judging them for standing out or um, that girl judging them when they go up and talk to them? Um, or is it just about what they actually want in life? Like when I go and talk to a prospect, I'm not thinking, oh, um, they, they maybe don't want to buy from me. It's like, actually, no, what I want is to serve them and help them rather than sort of like thinking about, oh, what's wrong with what I'm doing or anything like that. Um, confidence also comes from a place, yeah, definitely of certainty, but knowing your outcome and knowing that it's not bad if you don't succeed. Yeah, Being confident is being willing to fail. If you're terrified of failure, very difficult to be confident. It's not yeah, just yeah. about being there, willing to have success. It's like you've got to be ready to fail completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the two things I love about it is that you just got to ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. And if the worst that can happen is that they hang up the phone or they don't become a client or whatever, it's like, great, you're not going to die. Mm. So who cares? And then you're going to yeah, remember it. In a exactly. Years. And, and then the <laughs> other thing is, if you're not a naturally confident person, yeah. then you just act as if you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I used to be, I was, when I first moved up here, I moved yeah. from a small country town with 500 people yep. up to Gold Coast yeah. when I was 18. Wow. And wow. the first sales job I got was in a room full of all these, you know, 30 to 40 year old men. Yeah. trying to sell shit in the cold calling center. Yeah, I remember you, you posting something about that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I was just a, I was just a shy little yeah. boy at that time <laughs> yeah. and I could not get a sale for the life of me because yeah. of, and, I, and when I look back to it, I bring it down to that one factor that I was not confident of what I did. So I could yeah. learn the scripts and I could do all that and I learned sales effectively, yeah. but I just, that last step, with the, that last piece of the puzzle was, yeah. I'm not confident. And if I'm, if I'm unsure about what I'm doing, then they must be like 10 times more. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And uh, so we actually did a training on, on confidence because I was like, how do I break it down so I can yeah. teach that? So we did a, a training on confidence and I break it down to pillars. So your first one is your knowledge. Yep. Is if you are knowledgeable about the product, if you believe in the product or you believe in what you are selling, then you can have confidence in it. The second one is we call it, um, I don't know if you've read the book, David Goggins, uh, Can't Hurt Me. And he calls it the cookie that he grabs it. Uh, he goes into his cookie jar, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes into his cookie jar and remembers things about his past and his wins and, and how he can be successful. And he grabs those cookies when times are tough and he goes out there and be more successful and, and, and works harder. So those are my two, the, the first two pillars is that you remember and you stack your past wins. And then the third one would be um, having someone in your corner to kind of amp you up and maybe give you that yeah. artificial uh, confidence. Yep. And I'm that for Chris. Chris is that for me. You know, we 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 support each other, and and we that's why we like building Facebook groups and communities because people can go in there and they can get themselves amped up. And once you're amped up, then you can go out there. Like it's all about your state as well. So those are the pillars that we believe in confidence, and that's how I taught it. Because if you can have those things, then you can always be confident. You're remembering your past wins, remembering that you're knowledgeable, and then having someone else amp you up and make you and help you be confident, then confidence kind of is easier if you break it mm. down like that. I think those are awesome pillars yeah. to, to have. And, I, and it's great you've got a system for that. But the yeah, accountability exactly. thing is, is so yeah. important. And, and I think that's a big thing that people, I suppose, mis, misjudge when mm. they get into entrepreneurship is Definitely. they get into it, go it alone. And I've done a lot of it like on my own and I'm lucky that I've got a wife and who supports me in everything I do. But I can't imagine that if I was, you know, working from home for two years in my front bedroom, like I did when I first started, man, it gets lonely in there. And if you don't have those people that can amp you up and keep you going, it's a big reason why people would give entrepreneurship a crack and then, and fail because Mm -hmm. they just don't have that accountability. Oh, 100%. Like like, entrepreneurship is a lonely game. Like it's a Mm -hmm. super lonely game. Um, like it, it just is like that's unfortunately how it is, and you want to have someone in your corner, whether that's your partner, whether that's your mom, whether that's a friend of yours. Um, Jason and I both been lucky that we've got very supportive partners who will like listen to every single thing, that, and then just say how good. Like I've never heard a bad word about what we've done wrong. It's no criticism. It's just blatantly just about how great we're going, and and that pushes us forward, forward, always yeah. pushing you forward, and mm-hmm. um, having that uh, support is really good and. Like um, our mom comments on every po- other post. Yeah, I know yeah. I love you guys doing so well. My mom's and the same. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Shout out to mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just having that um, in your corner and knowing that those people are there and want, wanting to see you grow. And then you're almost held accountable to them as well. Uh, comes back to that confidence thing when you don't want to do something. It's like, 
no, I've got to be held accountable because my mum wants to see me and I've got to win because my mum wants to see it. And that, that helps me as well. Yeah. So I, I, I learned something the other day and I, I took this on quite, as you said, we always take things on. And one thing yeah. that I took on was that failure, if you look at it like this, you are not special. So if you fail, you are not special. Like the the universe is not out there. There aren't, you know, they're not moving clouds and moving stars. They're not moving the world around to make you fail. Yeah. You are not special that you failed. Everyone's failed. We're all in this room will fail. Everyone in the world has failed. Yeah. So don't think of it like That's it's awesome. you. Like the, the world is, is, is hates you. No, everyone fails. You just got to get back up, use those pillars in, of confidence and try to grow and, and, and keep working on yourself. So, I like the external motivation and having the support system. And then I always say that failure, like just the world isn't out to get you, man. Like, fa- like simple I, as that. I know, I know people and I won't mention them, but I know people that are, just think the world's out to get them. Uh, and, and you'll talk to them and it's like, what's the matter? And it's like, oh, this happened, this happened. And it's like, well, that happens to lots of people. Like, yeah. It's just, you're the one, like you can literally at a flick of a switch, you can switch that mindset and be like, okay, that's happened to me. Yeah. Let's deal with it. Can I do anything about it? No. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Like who cares? Exactly. Like, exactly. Life doesn't happen to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mate, that's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It happens. Like, but, but you can look at it from every aspect. You know what I mean? Like when you get a speeding fine, like it, it, it's not just that person, that cop is out to get you. No, yeah. they're doing their job. You know, you get a parking ticket, they're doing their job. Yeah, parking ticket people. Shout out to them. They're the worst people in the world. But, you know, they're just doing their job. Like yeah, they, they, they have the toughest job. But yeah. like, <laughs> if, if you've lived in a city, you appreciate how important those parking tickets yeah, 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 are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all serves as a purpose for yeah, yeah, society, yeah, one definitely. way or another. Yeah. But a uh, bit of an off-the-cuff question, and mm-hmm. whoever wants to go first, is what's what's your craziest sales story you've ever had? doesn't have to be about digital oh, marketing yeah. or anything, just crazy. I think I know the one you're going to. Go to that one. Well, I have, I have a couple. So I worked in... So I couldn't get any jobs right in uh, in America. I could get internships. And so I got an internship in New York City because as I said, like I don't mess around. I've always been confident. I call, I text, I do whatever to get an internship. Mm-hmm. Got an internship with um, a big, huge real estate company in uh, in New York City. And then actually within two weeks, I quit that internship and got another one. Quit on the Friday, started on the Monday with another one with an even better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then within the first couple of weeks, like we were working with this client, right? We were working with, uh, and they they owned a lot of buildings on Fifth Avenue, like big time money, like billions, not, you know, millions. So we were working with them. And then Mm -hmm. one time we went in there and we presented them this offer for this beautiful spa. Like it was all so cool about like everything about it. You know, the person I was working with, he loved it. The presentation was awesome. Um, He looked at it, went through all of it. And he he goes and and he looks at us and he goes, uh, I don't give a fuck about any of this. I bought my wife a handbag worth more than this lease deal last week. Fuck off. And I, and I was like, I was like, I was like what? Uh, <laughs> like, what do you, because I wasn't used to that money. Yeah. Like Australian money is different to US, New York money. Like, you know, a million dollar listing here is like a couple million dollars. Like that's billions over there. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Um, you, just, you just stood there like this. I was like a little girl. I, like I couldn't do anything. Um, oh. And so uh, we w- uh, we walked away from it and then we finally came back and we got a better deal going for them. But it was like, holy crap, I'm playing in the big leagues now. And and I was also, it's something that I, when I talked about the pillars of confidence, it's like a cookie that I use. Like if I've had someone who's a billionaire who does all of this stuff come at me, like it doesn't matter the other objections that I'm getting, you know? And, and, and that was like, whoa. That was crazy. That's next level shit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably have some in your Sydney real estate days. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, goes back to my real estate days as well. So I was selling this house. It was like a um. So I came from the Gold Coast where real estate was cheap. I remember one of the last sales I worked on. It was a million dollar house, six bedrooms on the waterfront. Yeah. Um, two minutes to Surfers Paradise. Just this amazing house. Um, and then the first property I was actually working with my boss in in Sydney. Um, this, everyone knows the Sydney real estate market. It was just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just standing there, handing out brochures. Come come auction day, there's about 10 people willing to bid. I'm like, I've never seen more than two bidders appear at an auction on the Gold Coast. This is insane. We're going to sell this property. Yeah. Um, and then the first bid comes on. So this was a, just to go back to the house, was a, it was on a main road um, about an hour and a half away from the CBD of Sydney. Yeah. Um, 
it was on like a corner, like a really busy corner. So parking was difficult. The so house it was, needed. It was, it was pretty shit. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah. was. Uh, <laughs> it, so it was a two bedroom house, but it was in what's called a conservation area. So they couldn't actually destroy the front of the house. It just needed to be knocked down. Yeah. Like it, there was asbestos. The bathroom was pink. Uh, um, and yeah, so the first bidder rocks up and he goes, yep, one million and a half. And the next one goes, yep, two million, two and a half. And then we eventually sell the property for like three and a half million dollars. And I'm like, what the hell is going <laughs> on here? Um, and, and they said, oh, a bit disappointed with today's result. I'm like, are you freaking kidding? This, this <laughs> three million, <laughs> three million dollars for a shit box. And it, it was so far out. And then that was like the bottom of the barrel of what happened in those sort of auctions because there was just a hot buying market of people who wanted to buy and there was scarcity. It was literally watching supply and demand in actual action. Yeah. Um, and you never think about that because we always think in like um, realist, uh, Facebook ad terms and like how to get the CPC. But you've got to look at that supply and demand rather than just sort of thinking about how <laughs> how to mac- like yeah, micro right. level yeah. the, all the little details. You Remember, supply and demand is all it is when it comes to sales, nothing yeah. else. And that's what it's all like, having that macro niche, that micro niche, yeah. and working down into that is when you can, yeah, I guess, effectively control supply and demand if you're mm-hmm. working on that sort of level. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's cool. Those, yeah. that, those are both pretty cool stories. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to do the burrito story as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I've, well, you I've, have to share it now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, this, this is great. And um, the, the person that actually... Um, is in this story. We'll, we'll probably watch this as well. He, he's an incredible guy. We're actually working with him a lot now. Um, so I was walking in. I just dropped my wife and mum at the airport. They were going down to, to Melbourne. I walked into Guzman's. I'm a huge Guzman's person. I love Chipotle in America. So walking in, I was so excited. I love just sitting there and being by myself. I had a podcast that I was listening to. Um, I was I was walking in and my AirPods, I double tap on the side to pause them. Yeah. And not many people know that that's a feature because yeah. I wanted to leave them in. So I double tapped on the side and I saw this guy looking at me and it was in Narang. Yeah. And it, you know Narang. Like it was like, so uh, he was looking at me and I walk in and then I, I come back out and I put my burrito down and I start eating. I turn on my podcast, double tap again. And he goes, hey man, what are you doing? And I, I was like, Narang, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but he looked presentable. He wasn't like, a, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and so he goes, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, why are you double tapping your, your headphones? What are you doing? I was like, oh, that's how you pause it. And he goes, no fucking way. Because <laughs> he, he, he loves that stuff. And then we started chatting about AirPods and, and I'm like trying to eat my burrito. I'm like, come on, man, come on. Like, yeah. And then because I, I, I sat so far away from him, but he was like yelling. And so and then we started talking and he goes, so what do you do, man? I'm like, oh, I'm in digital marketing. You know, I have my own agency. Um, going, uh, we, we do Facebook ads. I, essentially, we have this thing called the, an RMS, like refined marketing statement, if you will, where we say, like, I help uh, small businesses get more customers without wasting money on old tactics. So we use that statement and we I used it and that's what I told him. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, I help, you know, businesses get more customers by using Facebook ads. So he understood that and he goes, oh, I'm actually a digital marketer. I actually have a meeting with, a, with an agency on Monday and so immediately I, I put my burrito down and I felt like a dick for sitting so far away from him and thinking he's just this crazy Narang guy. And we started chatting and then um, eventually he goes like, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's meet. I, I actually really want to work with you. You sound like you know what you're doing. So got on the phone. We sold him in like 10, 15 minutes. The next day we started working with him and then eventually we smashed it for his business. He grew exponentially in that month. Then he referred us another customer, and then we closed that customer. And what was it 12, 12, 12 minutes, minutes oh, from meeting the client? From meeting, from like literally not meeting him, and to twelve minutes closed, done, paid, but started. Awesome. So it was like crazy. It was like I had this burrito that ended up making us like a crap load of money. <laughs> so and, and we've had a few more pass yeah. through, and we've had yes. a few other business opportunities now that we're working on. Yeah, bad, so. and and it was like. That is something that I think that a lot of people miss in sales as well, though. It sales isn't just all about the call, the script, the the closing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sales is every day. Yeah. Like if I was and and I was pretty closed off because you know I had the weekend to myself. I was excited to listen to this podcast. Um, I was ready to just enjoy myself, kind of thing. And I was closed off. And if I was really closed off and sat away from him or got takeaway or something like that, like our business would be in a completely different position. 
Yeah. So sales is about recognizing those opportunities and allowing, not judging people as well as allowing other people to speak and allowing and, and progressing those conversations. Yeah. I always say that, I, I say this to uh, with people that we teach, I said that when you are in sales, right, everyone is a friend or an acquaintance first before they become a prospect because you need to treat them like a friend and you need to help them and, and be supportive before you start going through your techniques all the time. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when some prospects come to us and they go, hey, Jason, uh, I've got this messaging thing. What, what's going on? What can, I, what can I do? Is I don't go, hey, how can I help? Like I don't go into a script. I go, oh, that's this is what you can do. Actually, we have a program here that you can offer. So you kind of, that's how I see it is that you can have that friendly relationship. And if I didn't have that, we would be a lot less clients in our business <laughs> so yeah 100 percent. I, I think it's a good it's just about having that open mind man like mm -hmm. i always feel that every single person out there has something that they that i can learn from mm -hmm. and because i try and keep that open mind that like i will find myself speaking to random people random. in random locations that will just share some small insight of yep. towards you know something that's happening and because because everyone's gone through their own thing and no one else has lived through the same mm -hmm. life as anyone else yep. so it's just like the guy in the ring you 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 had you have to be that open yeah you have to for sure be willing to let that in otherwise there's going to be so many opportunities because yep. everything's always happening at the right time yep. it's just whether you know to let that opportunity happen to you or, or keep an open mind yeah to recognize the opportunity there 100 oh, percent. like my my barber is is uh we were i was there and the owner popped in and we started talking to the owner and like they potentially could have became a client. We talked about it. We emailed back and forth. It wasn't right fit for both of us. Mm -hmm. And he's a great guy. I love, I love him, and I speak to him every single day when I go walk past uh, my barber. Like, yeah. because you're open and you're willing to have that conversation, you're always thinking. Like, you don't think, how can I extract the value from someone else? How can I sell someone else? You always go in with a place of service mm -hmm. um, and wanting to help people. I gave him a strategy, and now they're doing quite well as well. So, that, that's the thing. Is like, you always have to be open in yeah. sales. And, always and you're not going to get everyone as a client but if you can help everyone mm -hmm. and help them to the to the extent that you need to yep um even if they don't pan out that they're actually going to need to be your client and, and if you can recognize that hey i think if you just do this that's all you need yep. and if you can be willing to sort of recognize that that's sort of when you put yourself on a, oh, a yeah. different plateau almost yeah because yeah. you're not just there to try and get their money you're not just there to mm -hmm. try and snatch and grab as much as you can you're there to provide genuine service and even if they're not the right one maybe they can tell you someone else help you push you in the right direction whatever it is yeah exactly yeah but just going on scripts because you brought that up before i like to ask everyone's opinion on it mm -hmm. scripts or no scripts what's your thoughts <laughs> i'll probably be like salesy person in the <laughs> in, in this do you want me to handle this one oh I, i'm personally for like using sales scripts so, so let, let me qualify his statement there is that he is he's um i'm naturally like out sales as we've talked about mm -hmm. chris is better because he's a trained salesperson right. he's gone through the courses he's gone through the programs he's a trained salesperson i'm naturally I would get on the phone and I can do it. Whereas he's very trained. So, so. you would say you've got the gift of the gap. I, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah. you're, or, or you're a born salesperson. Yeah, like that yeah, sort of that's, thing. that's, yeah. that's who I am. Whereas Chris is trained and I'm, and I'm not saying that I'm better or he's better. It's the, the train side of things. So sorry for yeah. interrupting. So, um, <laughs> so going back to that. So like, I, I am good at like talking um, crap, but I'm, a, I struggle like naturally directing conversations yeah. without actually having somewhere to know how to do it. So, uh, when I was 18, I was fortunate enough to work with a good friend of my dad's um, and we were actually selling like crimp safe doors. Yep. Um, and there was like a script to follow and he trained me um, and then he would watch me every day and then I'd just stick to his exact script because he would come stand near me and he was like, I'd known him since I was like six, so I would want to impress him. Yeah. Um, and then I would always keep doing that. And then within a month or two, I was like the top um, lead generation person mm -hmm. in the company and um, people like, oh, ask, how, how do you do it? How do you do it? Uh, what, what's so good? How do you approach people a certain way? How do you find as many people to reach? I'm like, I just talk to people and I ask the questions. That's um, in front of me. So yeah. it, there, there was just like, it's just about having that base. So I always wrote a script when I was in real estate. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use that script most of the time, but I'd always have a base and base questions to come back to. Yeah. Um, the big thing people struggle with is like they have a script for the start of the conversation they don't have a script script for the close. They don't have a script for um, how to get back to the close. Mm -hmm. um, when we have an objection, I, uh, I also teach this a lot, is people go out, write a script for the objections, and then remember that, and then have that when that objection inevitably comes up. 
So a script is about having a place to come back to. When um, I heard a cop who was in like an active shooter situation and he was actually shot, um, he knew exactly what to do because he'd been trained so much. And he said that adversity kills creativity. So if you're in a conversation when you're trying to sell someone and adversity or an objection is thrown your way, you can't get creative and respond um, as well as you would if you were practicing that with your friend yeah. uh, because you're in a pressure situation. So you're not going to be creative and you're going to stumble over yourself. It's so if you have someone to come back to. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say it's the same as your broken arm situation. Yeah. Like just give give that example. Yeah, and um, it actually comes back to when I was – so I broke my arm two years ago and I, I was in the hospital um, heavily drugged up um, <laughs> and uh, I was actually hallucinating by the end of it. That's a whole other story. <laughs> hospital drugs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah hospital drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so um, as I was like going under, I was like feeling myself like drift in and out and I could just hear like this tick, tick, like a man saying tick and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I, I like sort of sit up as drugged up as I am and say, hey, what the hell are you guys doing? He's like, oh, I'm just going through the checklist before we perform. I'm like, have you never done this before? And nearly jumped out of my chair, tried to run out. But yeah. no, he just said, no, I've done this hundreds of times. We just go through a checklist every single time to make sure we're right. Mm-hmm. And pilots have a checklist that they go through every single time. Um, and that's the same with scripts. Scripts are like a checklist and a base to come back to. You don't have to stick to it. Pilots don't tick off the checklist exactly the same in the exact amount of minutes every single time. They have a core base to come back to. Um, and then they get creative from there. I think that's an awesome way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just about having that preparation. I, yep. I, I exactly. would use scripts and everything new. I sell, I create mm-hmm. them, go through them, read them, learn them. But when I'm in the moment of a call, I, I tend to You're still a, person. a lot and yeah. I'll be on the other side of the office you know I oh yeah same and yeah. Oh, I rack up thousands of steps you know I'm, <laughs> I'm doing like 15k my office is like there. this size as well <laughs> the guys up there are tempted to send, send me the carpet bill yeah. but um, yeah. when we drove in you were walking around I, know. <laughs> I started upstairs yeah. too <laughs> ended up outside yeah. but that's why you know I, I it's just about having that preparation and yeah, I think sure. the checklist is an awesome way to look at that yeah. but are you the same do you yeah so we, I start like okay so when we sell our digital marketing services I sell from a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. and inspiration um, and I'm usually just answering and handling a lot of their objections more so than anything yeah. because most people that come to us know already what we do because we don't actively go out there and advertise a lot of our business because mm. we get a lot of referrals and we get people coming in. Um, although I wouldn't recommend people rely on referrals, but we always have people who already know what we do. So we're just handling their objection and, and getting their understanding. Yeah. But when I'm selling like a, a course or a program or anything like that, I start with a script but I'm also very wary of the situation and, and who the person is. And that's why, you know, five to 10 minutes before any call with someone, I'm on their Facebook page, LinkedIn page, seeing what they're about, seeing what they, they, what they like, what their personality might be like. And I'm not a chameleon. I don't like blend into their personality, but I, but I understand who they are and I understand their situation. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on that call, I can better tailor my questions. So I definitely stay with the anchor and I like uh, scripts, but I'm, as I said, I'm natural. Like Chris, uh, I was like to Chris, we had a customer who isn't really getting the results from the leads, mm-hmm. but the leads are very good because we know all the information about the leads. Like the leads are highly qualified, but they're not getting very good results because we've spoken to some of the salespeople. And I got on and I was like, Chris, this is what they should be saying. You should be saying, hey, it's Jason from this company. Um, you recently filled out our, our Facebook uh, uh, lead form. I just wanted to check more information. And like, I made this script on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris was like, wow, like, why don't you just give that to them? Um, but it was because you got to understand the situation. Yeah. So you start with a little script, yeah. but the situation is more important than a script, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100% agree. It's just about having that base set, yeah. especially when you're going into something new. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're selling, when you're going to have new objections, you want to have that. Um, like we were working on a partner potential, and I actually wrote up a big list of objections, and then I had to overcome them in my head um, before I ever faced them, just so yeah. I knew what was going to be thrown at me. Yeah. yeah, it really comes down to the four levels of learning. Like once yeah. you're at the top level, unconsciously yeah. confident, yeah, which is yeah, exactly what, yeah, which exactly. is just come naturally to you that you can, yeah, you can handle shit better. You can yeah. go through it. For and sure. You can, and it's doesn't. It's not a perfect straight line sale. It's a just you adapt to what it needs to go and yeah. how it that's, goes through. That's why Chris is also a little bit better at teaching the managing objections and the the sales systems because I'm so on the fly. 
because I can naturally kind of do that. And, yeah. and if, if people say, how do you handle objections? I would say, okay, give me an objection and I'll handle it. Then I'll handle it specifically for that situation because I'm on the fly and I'm a But then when you try and repeat it later on, it's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. Can you tell that again? Yeah. And, and so. that's why that's why I've got him yeah. <laughs> is because he actually is methodical about it and has the right things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes like when we were early on and in the, in the sales cycle, Chris would be like, Jason, why the hell did you say that? And I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, it, it's good that I have that kind of anchor of stability and the person that has the the scripts and the, and the basis. So that helps out a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So a couple of questions about digital marketing then. Yep. So what works, what doesn't work? Can you guys give us a bit of a rundown okay. from your expertise on, I oh know I haven't given you a business or anything, yeah, but yeah. just in general, what's, what's really good at the moment for digital yep. marketing? What we've found has been really, really good in the last probably couple of months is, um, well, obviously Facebook ads and, and, and sales funnels, like that's the that's obvious, not obvious side for some people. Yeah, it's not yeah, obvious yeah. for some people, but you know, Facebook ads work for any business. You know, my first customer was a freaking um, like food that made cows poo better, you know, like very odd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and my, my favorite part is the fact that Jason had to spend hours on Google finding yeah, photos of unhealthy poo shit. and yeah. unhealthy poo and yeah. then comparing that and saying, how good is this? Yeah, yeah. So I know what a good poo looks like if you ever need, need help with that. But, uh, <laughs> I know what children poo look like, but no one yeah, knows sure what do. cow poo yeah, looks like. Yeah, cow poo, yeah, I'm an expert. <laughs> but like, so, and that's just an example. Yeah, we didn't use a lot of Facebook ads, but Facebook still works for customers like that because mm-hmm. Facebook is, and, and Chris and I talk about this a lot, is that Facebook is a place where you can put your message out there and you can get uninterested people to raise their hand and to say, hey, that actually sounds of interest to me. And then once they've raised their hand, you can now target them with information and, and, and little pieces of content that you can get them to move forward to the sale. Mm-hmm. Whereas Google is that you're not on Google sh- searching for food that makes cows poo better, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like no one's searching for that. It's the people who have that bleeding neck on Google. Yeah, it's, it's like the problem aware. Three, yeah. 3% of the market um, comes back to what we call like the, ah, what is it called? Um, but like the different levels of buyers. So there's a 3% who are active buyers. They want your product. They want their solution solved and they're looking for it. They're locked out of their house. They need to go find it. If you have the type of customer who has a bleeding neck, Google ads work great. They yeah. still are. Um, Google ads are probably a little bit more expensive than other fit things like Facebook ads and YouTube ads, but that's fine. That's where people are looking. Mm-hmm. But if you want to capture the rest of the market, that other 97%, they're on Facebook. You can find the people who... Um, maybe thinking about making a change, they may be overweight and need to potentially lose a little bit of weight, and then you can reach them with something that um, suits them, then they can go out and uh, work with you. Whereas people aren't always going to be looking for um, the best keto, high-fat, unique diet. If you have a unique product um, and your result is common, you can go find that person on Facebook and they can put their hand up and become a customer essentially from there yeah yeah exactly so that, that's what's working for us right now is because we're we don't want to compete we don't want to compete with that highly competitive market of the three percent of people who want to purchase right mm-hmm. now because it's too competitive it's too expensive and uh you know we work with small businesses that don't have you know twenty thousand to spend a, a day on google adwords um we're working with businesses who need to stand out so we want to work with those people and find the people who maybe are a little bit problem aware, but mm-hmm. aren't re- aren't like actively searching and buying. So we make them more problem aware, or make or solve their problems, give them content, and then later on we we push them down our funnel, and then they eventually come in. So I I want to buy, so they come to us. Awesome. So that's that's what's really like it, it's a tried and true strategy. It's worked time and time again. It's uh it it's as I said, it does sound obvious, but that's what's working right now. Well, I I spoke to someone couple weeks ago yeah and i was talking to them about some things like this and they said this is facebook's head and moving on (laughs) that was about that was about all i could say as well yeah but so so what what do you find doesn't work i mean obviously technology is moving at a rapid pace Mm -hmm. do you do you see something that people are still doing that just doesn't work or and this is going to be a funny answer because my like if i just stopped when i answer and didn't explain myself people would be like what the hell you just said you contradicted yourself so ads don't work anymore like actual ad ads don't work so if you are scrolling through facebook just just for example let's talk about our our own situation i'm scrolling through facebook or instagram and i see someone hey you should buy this now Mm. i'm not going to purchase ads don't work like that like direct response like pure direct 
purchase right now doesn't work anymore because you know ad ads facebook's now phasing them out people don't want to uh facebook wants the user to have a great experience but what does work is educating the consumer or showing them a funny video entertaining the consumer you know uh, one of the most successful ads right now well one of the most successful companies in australia is uh koala mattress and they their ads are entertaining their ads are informative they're not hey buy a koala mattress yeah. Because that's not the way social media works these days is that you need to have, you need to entertain your customer. You need to keep your uh, customer on the platform for longer because Facebook will reward you. So if you show them informative videos, if you show them like why you are better through an entertaining video or, or anything like that, that is what's working. Mm-hmm. Ads, pure ads, ads don't work. Uh, they, they can, but they're, they're not as, and Facebook doesn't like them anymore either. So that's, well, what, what people forget when they go out and advertise on Facebook is Facebook wants people to be addicted to the platform. Mm. And if they're allowing um, really bad and frustrating ads to look at to reach more people, that's going to take pe- people off Facebook. They're going to yep. blame Facebook. They're not blaming the company making the ads. Mm-hmm. So Facebook um, is going to punish that as well. Yep. So if you go on Facebook and all you see is 40% off, 20% off, um, you're going to jump off the platform. Like, don't know if you guys have done it, but like you download those games that you see advertised on Instagram and you play them for like 10 minutes and then you've seen five minutes worth of ads and deleting the app off your phone. Yeah. Um, and then Facebook doesn't want to be like that with those annoying ads. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, it, it's, it's just not how it works these days. Like yeah. whenever I'm going through and doing any digital marketing, I ask my customer if they'll, because they'll pitch me something like that. They'll be yeah. like, oh, well, can we do this? And I'll be like, yeah, we can, but this doesn't work. Like, my philosophy with my digital stuff is like let's find how to do things differently mm-hmm. let's find sure. a way that no one else is doing what you're doing yep because that's how you stand out from yeah. the crowd and it's you'll get a you'll get cheaper you'll get better results yep. and it'll just be something that facebook likes because yep. it's more engaging and, it, and it's great that we as digital marketers think like that now because now there's not as repetitive uh, ads and, and and our content game is stepping up and that's why we love facebook so much because Facebook isn't always about how much you spend. Yes, but bid and budget comes into play, but Facebook is about how you can stand out in your feed and how you can stop the customer from scrolling mm-hmm. and get them off the platform to be more in your world yeah. and then eventually sell them. That's Perfect. all it is. We're not trying to sell them you know, our $50,000 package right there. We're trying to get their finger to stop scrolling and then to click on a button, go to our website, and then we can take care of them from there. Yeah, That's perfect. all it is. You've you, you got to remember more. that um, ad is, it's not selling your product. No. no Facebook ad is about selling your product. It's about no, selling agreed. that click, mm-hmm. um, moving them to the next level. Yeah. Um, eventually, you might buy the product. It might be in e-commerce, but you're not trying to say, hey, buy this thing. It's like trying to create curiosity and in- interest. That's all yeah. it's about. Big I, time. I think if you can, because most people get pissed off when they see ads. Like, yeah, you know, of as, as you're using the app example, you've downloaded the app and you've got all these ads. Like, that's just yeah, exactly pisses right. me off. I don't know yeah. about other people, but yeah, yeah. if you can make your, your ad or your sponsored post, something that people actually enjoy seeing mm-hmm. each and every single time even though they they know it's they know it's a paid sponsored post yep. but if they enjoy getting that content every time because they know they're going to learn something new yep. i think that's where their real success is at which Big time. i think yeah. you guys are all going on about yeah, as well exactly and when we do ads for our own personal brand and our own business is that our ads are i always try to teach something give something a bit of value like we haven't gotten to the level where we're doing these production ads that are funny and entertaining while giving value. We're just kind of giving value mm-hmm. and they work because people will want to keep on seeing my ad because my ad is going to teach them something. My ad is going to help them with something. It's not just going to be there to you know, say, hey, buy my course, buy my program. It is there to help them. And one, because that's what we love to do. We love to help people. That's literally what I wake up every day excited to do. And two, because people are going to stop and say, oh, wow, this guy's already given me so much value. Let me learn more about it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's the simple fact of it. Cool. Well, you just mentioned personal brand. What's, um, can you just go on a little bit more about that? Like, what's the purpose of having a personal brand? What's yep. the benefit? And maybe even a tip on how you can do it. Yep. Okay, for sure. So, well, we decided that our our business is, is doing well. It's, our, it's its own brand, right? And, and then Chris and I have our own personal brands because we want to attract people into our world and to purchase from us, not the external agency. Mm-hmm. Also, because your personal brand can transcend any problems or any business issue that you have. You know, when you have that... So, for example, all of the big personal brands, if, you know, 
Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, his VaynerMedia business went down. Gary Vaynerchuk still has Gary Vaynerchuk. That's All right. the employees of VaynerMedia are done. Yeah. So I don't look at it like the end of the world type situation like that. That's a, a big overview way to look at it um, because your personal brand can last forever and can transcend you and can be what is... And also, Chris and I look at it like some of the factors from big companies is that big companies have... Um, an attractive character mm-hmm. and that's how they can transcend like apple steve jobs mm-hmm. microsoft bill gates like what are some other examples like even tony robbins his company is called tony robbins foundation and tony richard robbins branson. founded richard branson virgin yeah, right. yeah. yeah so all of those uh, jeff bezos amazon like you can think of that they all have the attractive character and the person that really stands out and can be the brand ambassador mm-hmm. and so we're working on building that brand ambassador for our own stuff and and a tip on how you can build your personal brand is and we're still in the early stages like you've probably seen me pick up my game on instagram a lot more because i want to explore that mm-hmm. um is is that you've just got to keep keep trying new things and keep pushing content out there and, and one thing that i would suggest is that you engage with absolutely everyone who comments and dms you at the start yeah. that's like if you find a post on my facebook that i haven't replied to a comment um let me know because i'll go back and reply like yeah. that's that's what i do is i try to reply as much as possible mm-hmm. and that builds community like people who i don't even know i've replied to their comment they they message me and they say hey jason you really changed my life or you really helped me out with that comment and i'm like i don't even remember but because and that builds loyalty i i screenshot that use that as a testimonial i i ask him to share my content or he just shares it naturally like mm-hmm. that's just the way is build that community and people who are actually passionate and loyal to you as well and it's also that people like people you know, oh, at yeah. the end of the day, we're, exactly right. if we if we don't follow a business, we follow the people behind the business. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the visionaries you mentioned before, Steve yep. Jobs, Richard Branson, they, they're, the, they're the people of their business. So when someone sure. thinks of Apple, they think of Steve Jobs. Steve when Jobs, they yep. think of Virgin, they think of Richard Branson. But generally yep. speaking, it's always, almost the other way around. Like you think of Richard Branson, then you think of his brand. But yep. exactly right. Richard Branson's personal brand has transcended all of his businesses put together mm-hmm. into just one huge yep. personal following. So yep. I think it's just really important for anyone that's in business is that there's people like to know who who's behind it. They want to see, like it used to be different, you know, going back, business was business and brand was still brand. Yeah. But I think in the age we're getting to now with social media and where it's gotten to, people want to know who's behind it. And they want to yep. see the behind the scenes shit that, Mm-hmm. makes them feel more connected to you yeah 100 percent. like we never get dms on our jcf media instagram page or facebook page i mean we never. don't post much content there but yeah. i get dms all the time chris gets dms all the time hey i, I want to work with you guys because mm. they enjoyed a piece of content of mine um and and i always think that that's like that's what you want you want to attract people you want to get their attention attract them into your world and then ultimately the sales journey is a lot easier mm. because you've done it that way well it's um people are craving connection more and more because yeah. as connections become online mm-hmm. um they they seek it wherever possible like they want to know people want to know their barista now they want to know their bartenders yeah, their life story like because they're they, it's disjointed now yeah, yeah um so when they talk to you they want to be speaking to a real person mm-hmm. just yeah. because they're not used to it at other places in life yeah good and point. it's probably it's probably a good reason too why we've been able to build agencies is because we're people behind it. We give a personal service. Exactly right. You know, someone picks up the phone, they know they're going to be able to answer. Yeah. Get, get one of you guys on the phone and that's that's something yeah. that they love. And that's sure. our biggest selling point as well all the time. We're like, hey, listen, you know, yeah, I'm selling you and yeah, you love love me right now because I'm, I'm talking to you. But, you know, when it comes to it, I'm not handing you off. Like, I'm still there supporting you every step of the way. Obviously, our business is going to get to a point where I can't do that. And it, and it already is to a point where I can't be doing that. Yeah. But it... I'm still going to be involved and my personal touch and connection is going to be there and you're still going to get that level of service. So I I agree. Yeah. That personal connection and everything. And and that's our biggest selling point always. Awesome. I love that. So you ready for a quick game? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) So because you've already talked yourself up as being the natural born salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking you're going to do something because usually there's only two of us in here. So, okay. I've got a couple of items over here that basically you're going to pick one or the other. Yep. And, because you said three of us here, you're going to be the receiver. Yep. You're going to be the seller. Okay, done. So you're going to pretend to cold call Chris. Yep. And sell him the item. Yep. Chris, your job's to throw out one common objection that you hear. Yep. And then we're going to see how he handles it and see if he can get the sales still. Okay, so it's done. Be, right. It's um, going to be a dick though. Doesn't matter. Hundred <laughs> percent. Be, be yep. a dick, but yep. there's no other rule, so you can make up the rest. All right. Yep. So um, I'll just grab the items. All right. Cool. 
I've been looking at these. I'm like, what the hell has yeah. you got here? I know. <laughs> on, a, on a few episodes ago, we had like an iron on there and this guy didn't even notice it. Yeah, sitting yeah. on the desk. You know, yeah. I, I was wondering what it was. I thought it was maybe like you t- podcast by putting that up yeah, there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I was like, someone's been weighing themselves here. Or yep. So item A is a Ikea yep. measuring tape. One of those paper ones you get yep. one meter okay. long. Yep. Have All a right. hole touch deal. Done. All right, um, cool. Item nice B texture. is a glass hourglass with Probably keep uh, that one away gold beads. Yeah, Chris broke three of those in the bag. So um, so you can pick either or. You yeah. don't pick both. Yep. Are you going to pick the tape measure? Or? Uh, let me go. Nah, let's go tape measure. All right, I got this. All right. All right, so when you're ready, phone away. And uh, remember, cold call, make up the rules. Your job is to throw one objection and I'm just going to be a spectator. All right, all right. I would like to do two attempts at this. I got, I got one that I think that, you know, is, is going to win, but it's kind of obvious. But yeah, let's go. All right. I'm ringing. Are you ring, ringing? Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, is that Chris? Yes. Yes, it is. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Good, good. Good to hear. This is Jason Fox from the IKEA a measuring tape. How, um, what, what, what have you got going on today? Um, look, I just woke up, mate. Listen, have you heard the news that if you don't measure your waist today, you will die? Um, well... No, I haven't, mate. Listen, I've got a tape measure right here. I'll sell it to you for five dollars right now. Are you are you are you ready to go? Let me get it to you so you don't die. Um, how much is shipping on that one? Uh, actually, you know what? Let me let me just ask. We've actually, you know what? Uh, it's it's actually four dollars for the shipping as well. So five dollars for the tape, and then four, sorry, a dollar for the tape, and then four dollars for shipping. Is that okay? Uh, no, I just don't want to pay the shipping. Then. All right, listen. I've actually um, let me just get my shipping manager here. Yeah, man, we're, we're, get, we're getting free shipping. Yeah, okay, listen, we're actually going to do free shipping today, so that's going to be $2 for you today. Does that sound like a good deal? You know, we, I haven't done this. I've been doing this all day trying to get a hold of people, and I haven't done free shipping, but for you, uh, I, I really want to want to service you, so free shipping for you. Um, but you said it had to be measured today. Will it arrive today? Yeah, it will. Actually, we have this uh, service that uh, delivers in the same day. Okay, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Sounds like a scam. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to die unless you get it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, like, because I wanted to do the, the... There's a couple of ways to go about it with that as well. Is like, and, and I'll kind of branch off on that, is that the demand, like the supply and demand, the, the Wolf of Wall Street type thing, is yeah, that, yeah. you know, you, what are you going to write down with that pencil? And that is a way to go about things, is you can go selling through supply and demand. Yeah. But always the best way to sell is to get the personal connection i believe and because we that was a cold call i couldn't really do that Mm -hmm. the personal connection really i think is if i was selling the hourglass would be asking questions to qualify them and their past experiences so one thing would be is that hey chris how long have you been in the market for an hourglass how long have you needed an hourglass what problems have you faced before with an hourglass and that's kind of what I would have gone with, with the with that approach. I mean, this one was like novelty, so it was easy to do. And like the death thing was a bit much, but it was supply and demand. I mean, he was going to be a dick and he, he was sold. He didn't even know what to do. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And that, that's what that's what I always say is the personal connection. And I actually, when we have our, we, we teach people sales stuff, because again, I've got to really try to teach because I'm natural at it is that we teach that in your first meeting with a customer, you need to qualify them by asking them questions and exemplifying the fact that they're in pain and that their current situation isn't their desired. Mm-hmm. But you need to show them that we can get them out of the pain. Yeah. And that would be, hey, Chris, have you, you know, how long have you been in the market for an hourglass? Oh, man, I've been at years and years. What's your biggest problem with hourglasses? Why haven't you purchased before? Listen, they don't, they, they're not gold on the inside. They don't have clear casing like, whatever's the benefits of our products he might say that and we're like oh wow that's awesome we keep exemplifying the pain and showing that we can get the solution so mm. i mean well you need to identify the problem and then yeah yeah, you yeah, solve yeah, the problem. yeah 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 so you were sold mate well how, how do you think you did though chris here we go uh, he did yeah i i mean it was a bit a little bit of the hyperbole of um <laughs> if you don't measure your waist today you're gonna die so i was, oh, I, I like I was sort of sitting there as a customer i think that's I think, my yeah. bad of giving him the freedom of saying, yeah you said so, freedom i was like oh I said, you don't want I this did, <laughs> i did i did say there's no rules so <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no, no that's fair no um it actually brings up a good point though it's like um if you're gonna bring peak their interest make sure it's something you can deliver on so um mm-hmm. grant cardone talks about it's like over promise and over deliver all these people out there just trying to under-promise, you're not going to get the prospect excited. Yeah. Um, if, if uh, say, a gym goes, oh, join an eight-week challenge and you'll lose weight. If they go, oh, join an eight-week challenge and if you're super dedicated and you really commit to the diet plan and you train all the time, you may lose a kilo or two. 
No yeah. one's going to freaking buy that. No, I'm going to buy that, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you need to... And and I exemplified like an external like there's also you can sell through external sources but I really don't I don't like selling like that like mm. I never would have gone the death route or anything like that <laughs> you gave me free reign so it, it was like a pain I have the solution there you go exactly right simple as that you purchased you, that, you, that is all yours <laughs> cop up Five the money <laughs> I, I messed up the pricing I said like five dollars oh, no. <laughs> I, I was gonna call you out but I felt like I forgot I, I just thought you were doing some weird discount and yeah, yeah, you could only yeah. get it down to two dollars well, the, I thought the shipping became two dollars like, there's uh, also like Chris and I play a lot with negotiable uh, like non necessary fees or stuff like that as a tool mm-hmm. um, and like the shipping it, I was always going to give it free shipping I came in that with that with the intention, but you know you you want to cover your costs and everything like that, and then you use it as a as a tool kind of thing, and you don't want to use it as a spammy tool. You want to make sure that you are really, you know, ensure that the customer really wants this and it's a mm. good fit. So I wouldn't have offered him the free shipping if I didn't think that it was going to be a good fit for him. Yeah, and it's almost like when you when you're doing a a deal or a discount or something mm-hmm. special for that customer. You, you want to you've already gone through the qualifying and hopefully yep. you've done all that and then it's at the point where it's like great so if i can do that for you yep are you going to be happy to, to yeah, move forward a, with us today that's a great question um, before yeah. before i go and ask my boss if i can do this or that um because a lot of people will be like you know everyone can ask everyone loves a discount yeah so I, I don't buy anything without saying can you do me a better deal yeah of course the, 99 yeah. times out of 100 they'll be like let me go find out yeah it's like they come back and i can do this and it's like oh that's not, not what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. But if you ask that one more question, say, well, what is it you were hoping for? Yeah. Well, can you do this? Great. Mm. Let me see if I can do this. However, if I can do that for you, Ooh. are you happy to keep going? Yeah. And that's a great question. Chris and I actually got, recently got sold by someone who did that to us. <laughs> and But we were already going to purchase the product. Yeah. But it was, you know, a great tactic to use. And I, I, I really appreciated them. I, I like being sold sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's good to see when someone is very good at their it's, job and they can sell. Um, what people got to realize is people love to freaking buy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah. I, every, everything I own, yeah, everything yeah. I own and, right yeah, now, right. Um, I, I freaking love and uh, I've enjoyed purchasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hate being like sold. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to make your customer buy rather than actually try to sell them, then you're looking at it a lot differently. Whereas like we're sort of selling the outcome that they want to buy into. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to sell them and make them buy and give them our money. It's trying to make them buy something that can improve their life. Yeah. It's a good way cool. to look at it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So to wrap the things, uh, to wrap the, that's a bit of a crumble around. <laughs> <laughs> Try that again. Yeah. So to wrap up, yep. where can people find you, get in yep. touch, all that sort of fun so, stuff? So uh, as I said, I'm trying to grow a lot on Instagram at the moment. So Instagram, my uh, username is at Jason C. Fox, because um, my parents aren't creative, and Jason Fox being taken by, I think, a linebacker or by Dolphins, some SAS guy. He's got a Netflix show, actually. So Jason C. Fox. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, probably Instagram is the best way to go. And then I have like a link in my bio to access everything else, free trainings, all of that sort of thing. So, yep. yeah. Get amongst it. Um, or you can follow me on uh, Instagram at uh, Chris A. Fox1. Uh, because for some reason I can't his get his name that. is also a non as non unique that he can't even get his yeah. middle name. Uh, yeah, so it's Chris A Fox one. Um, or or to join our free Facebook group we talked about it a little bit today. Yep. Go to digitalmarketingbeasts.com slash join and I'll redirect you to the Facebook group. Nice. Yep. See, Perfect. my username was taken as well, but mine, because yeah. mine's Broden Johnson one. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. one else has my name in the world. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which, which I'm lucky. I can get all my usernames, all my emails yeah, without yeah. any numbers except for this one thing. And What's it, that on? It's not even a real account. Yeah. It, yeah. When you go to the actual yeah. Broden Johnson, it's just like a nothing. Yeah. No, I, I've reported Chris A at Chris A Fox and at Chris Fox and at Christopher Fox at least a hundred times on every platform. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. Ouch. Annoying. Anyway, thanks for coming <laughs> on, guys. Really yeah, appreciate you coming guys. through. No worries at all. Awesome. This has been the Tales of Sales podcast with Broden Johnson. To master the art and science of selling, follow us on our socials at BrodenJohnson1 or check out our website, thesalesacademy.com.au and remember to keep an eye out for our upcoming book, Core Selling. See you next week.